2: Welcome to Financial Issues, where we align reality with truth. Conservative talk radio you can count on. Financial issues that you need to know.
3: We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. We will simply apply to government the common sense that we all use in our daily lives.
2: Analyzing markets and financial news, this is Financial Issues Week in Review.
4: Good morning. Welcome to Financial Issues. I'm your host, Shanna Burt, and we We are live this morning. Our phone lines are open. This is an interactive call-in show. You can get your question queued up. You can also interact with us on social media. We're live on Facebook, YouTube, Rumble. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Truth Social. So if you are listening to us on a Saturday morning on an AFR station, then you're not hearing us live, but you can. Although you can't hear us live on uh, the AFR stations during the week anymore, we are still alive and well. You can catch us at any of those outlets that I mentioned and our phone app so that you can make sure that you keep us um, wherever you go, whether we're on the station that you listen to or not. So to kind of give you a a recap of the economic news this week, it's been a pretty slow economic number week. We did get some housing data out that may be indicating the beginning of a turnaround in the housing market. The NBA Mortgage Market uh, Index in the United States rose 7.4% to 249 for the week of February 3rd. This comes after a free fall from around 1000 At the beginning of 2001, when President Biden took office, that's an 80 percent drop in the housing markets. So what's the cause for this? Well, mostly it's because of the Fed's rate increase reaction to the high inflation that was caused in part by the covid supply chain issues, but made much worse by the out of control spending of our government which forced the 30-year mortgage rates to go from right under 3% to over 7% in a year. And now this week, it comes back down to 6.19%, the 30-year mortgage, um, only one basis point lower than last week at 6.2%. is, however, the fifth week of lower mortgage rates, That um, has led to a 7.4% increase in mortgage applications that we saw last week. So the breakdown of that is that we had a 17.7% increase in refinance apps. That means that people are kind of settling into these higher for longer mortgage rates and a 3.1% increase in purchase activity. So we're starting to see hopefully a bottom in the housing market and a turnaround. The monthly mortgage payment on a median-priced home has risen 80%, or about $9,500 a year. Wow. The biggest economic news this past week started actually last Friday with the blog post blockbuster jobs report that we saw Uh, January reported 517,000 new jobs much higher than the 185,000 that was expected yesterday Fed Governor Waller uh, spoke to a group and he reaffirmed the hawkish rate strategy that Powell laid out last week which is higher rates for longer Markets are still not picking up what the Fed is laying down, though. The the market currently expects the Fed to approve maybe two more rate increases, a quarter point each in March and May, and then followed by a quarter point cut by the end of this year as the economy perhaps slows and possibly drifts into recession. I think it would make more sense to pause at this next meeting and then do another 25 or 225s if the data doesn't support the notion that inflation, the disinflation process has indeed started, as Powell acknowledged, and that things are coming back under control. We got initial jobless claims for the week ending February the 4th, and it strengthened the market's argument that inflation is weakening, that the jobs market is softening in spite of last week's uh, strong report. The initial jobless claim number came in at 196,000. That was a little bit higher than what they were expecting, which turns out to be good news for the markets. It's the highest level of claims since the beginning of the year. Normally, rising unemployment is not good news, but it is right now because that means that the Fed can, that's more evidence to push the Fed in the camp of slowing down their rate increases. Uh, We had news out more news out of more layoffs zoom announced that it would lay off 15 percent of its workforce preparing for what the company called uncertainty of the global economy not to mention people actually going back to work and getting back into the office so the buy and sell uh, platform ebay is also cutting four percent of its workforce for similar reasons the continuing jobless claims number for the week ending January 28th, so a little bit lagging, was the highest since Christmas week. So we are starting to see more weakening in the labor markets. Markets af- actually, pre markets actually lifted on the news, um, hoping that these unemployment numbers would help to buffer the strong January jobs number from last week and um, help the Fed to back off of their hawkish policies. The other big news of the week, chocked full of references to the economy, was the State of the Union fairy tale. Talked a lot about it. We even showed you some clips. If you missed that, you can go back and catch it. Well, Biden claimed that he inherited a struggling economy where inflation was already a problem. Well, that simply is not true. He came into office when inflation was 1.4 percent following decades of inflation growth at near 2 percent. Yet he agreed with Powell's initial assessment that inflation would be, quote unquote, transitory. Remember that Um, prices are are up under Biden's administration about 14 percent. That is substantially more than the increase that um, Americans have seen in their earnings. The average family has seen real annual earnings fall by about six thousand dollars a year, while higher interest rates have increased borrowing cost another fourteen hundred. That means essentially that a family can afford to buy seven thousand four hundred dollars less in goods and services than they could in in January. His theme for the speech was, let's finish the job. He kept saying that. Well, you can't finish a job until you understand what the job actually is. The job of the government is not to create jobs, which he bragged about. That is a function of the private market. It's called capitalism, which he claimed to love, but it's clear that he neither understands nor embraces what capitalism is. It's not the government's job to make decisions and policies about what people put in their bodies Uh, whether they take vaccines or not, or, quote, unquote, their health care. It's not the government's job to protect and defend other countries' borders. It is their job to protect and defend our borders first and foremost. It is not their job to build and maintain Michelle Obama trails or fund studies about the effects of hormones with steroid-induced hamster fight clubs. It's not the government's job to set price controls for pharmaceuticals or control junk fees. The government's original purpose is to protect and defend our God-given rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You know what? It's not even the, the government's job to provide welfare to those who can't provide for themselves. It's the church's job. If the government vacated that role, we would see people who are really in need of help turn to Jesus and the church like never before. But that's not what you do when you want to take God's place in the lives of His people. If you want to know more about how you can help the church meet those needs, check out the AFA Charitable Gift Annuity by going to our page and clicking on their banner. That will help you exercise your steward muscles, stewardship muscles.
2: If you like what you're hearing right now, you're going to love going to the website FISM.tv. Keep listening to this show right here and right now, but later when you're done, go visit our website. It's FISM.tv to learn more about this show and plenty more.
3: American Family Association President Tim Wildman. Why does AFA
2: exist? Well, we're here to inform, equip, and activate individuals and families to transform the culture.
4: We want to make an impact on our country for Christ. That's the reason my dad, Don Wildman, started this ministry 40 plus years ago. Dad was concerned about the direction America was headed and he was determined to do something about it. Maybe that describes you today. If it does, I want to strongly encourage you to consider a charitable gift annuity to American Family Association Foundation. This will benefit you and it will ensure that we stay in the fight for a long, long time to come. That's the AFA
2: Foundation. Call the AFA Foundation at 800-326-4543,
3: extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345.
4: Did you know that an average 1.2 million babies are aborted each year? Listen. We have an opportunity at Financial Issues to change that, and we're doing it. Tens of thousands of lives have been saved because of Financial Issues listeners just like you. For $140, you could save the lives of five babies. All $140 goes to the Pregnancy Center to sponsor ultrasounds. 80% of the time, these ultrasounds will change the mind of a young lady that is considering abortion to choose life would you join us in the fight against the atrocity of abortion i hope that you'll go to preborn.org or call pound 250 the keyword is baby when you're asked preborn.org that's preborn.org
1: FISM News is a conservative news source with a biblical worldview. With us, you get just the news grounded in truth. And now, with the new FISM TV app, it's even easier to take FISM News with you wherever you go, so you're never behind on what's happening. Not only are FISM News articles updated regularly throughout the day, but you can now easily access and read them right from your smartphone. And with just a few taps, you can share stories with friends through messages, email, or social media. Also, you can conveniently watch or listen to The Daily Show on demand and even go back to see recent broadcasts. Coming soon, you'll be able to download the podcast version of the news for offline use. So go ahead and visit your app store, download the new FISM TV app, and start exploring this engaging, educational, Christ-centered content today.
2: Now, back to Financial Issues Week in Review.
4: Welcome back to Financial Issues. Our hard break there <laughs> kept me from finishing the job. So I'm going to finish the job of, of telling you what the truth is about the State of the Union. Right before the break, we were talking about all of Biden's claims in a State of the Union speech. And I was telling you what the job of, and the function of government was intended to be and what it's not intended to be. The government's job is not really to provide welfare for those who can't do it themselves. That is the church's job. If the government vacated that role, we would see people turn to Jesus and turn to the church for the, and maybe return to work if they can if, to, to meet those needs. So one way you can exercise your stewardship muscles and help the church meet those needs, the church meaning the body of Christ in the earth. So the universal church is to check out the AFA uh, gift annuity, charitable gift annuity. That is one way you can leave a gift to kingdom work. You can still um, benefit from the use of your money. During your lifetime, as you get a a permanent income for the rest of your life, you also get a tax deduction for doing so. Now, we never give to get, um, whether it's a tax uh, deduction or any other benefit. We do giving out of what God puts on our heart. But that's a great way to accomplish some, some giving purposes that the Lord has already predetermined For you to do so, you can find out more information about the AFA gift annuity on our website, financialissues.org, and click on that banner there. So, what about Biden's claim of adding more jobs to the economy in his first two years than any other administration? Well, recovering jobs that were lost during the pandemic is not the same thing as creating them. The economy lost 20.5% million jobs when it shut down in the spring of 2020. 41% of those jobs lost in the initial outbreak of COVID were recovered by June of 2020 before Joe Biden was even, quote unquote, elected as president. If we use Biden's math, he's still wrong about creating more jobs than any other administration. President Trump or under President Trump, uh, 12.5 million jobs were recovered in in those nine months, averaging 1.4 million jobs per month. Biden says that he has added 12.1 million jobs in two years, averaging 500,000 jobs per month. And rather than saying adding, I should say recovering. So I'm on board. Let's help President Biden finish his job of weakening and destroying this country by firing him as the leader of the free world at the next election. Whether Trump replaces him or not, I personally would love to hear Trump say to Joe Biden, you're fired. You can put your questions up On social media And we'll get to them there as well So speaking of social media Seth, what do we have there? Yeah, good stuff here, Shannon I got a couple people
0: saying hello We got uh, Robert in reference to your comments In the first segment, Shannon is saying Some perspective here My first house cost less than my Most recent pickup truck purchase <laughs> today My mortgage was 12% That was in 1981 Yeah, Some perspective there It's good perspective Especially That's for true. people like me You know My generation, we're kind of foolish in that we think that, you know, mortgage rates have always been this low and so nice, but if we just do a little history, we realize it's not always the case.
4: That is true.
0: Yeah. Uh, And then, Shanna, a couple of Ask Shanna questions here I think would be good for us to get to. Michael is saying, I have a lump sum of $2,000 to invest for my eldest daughter, and I already have set up an E-Trade account with the money. How should I start investing this money? Small amounts in separate sectors or just a large amount in one stock and then build the other sectors over time? I'm 54 years old. What do you think?
4: Well, it depends on how much money you are starting with and how much and how often you will add to it. So if the lump sum of $2,000 represents the majority of what you're going to invest, maybe let's say you're doing $2,000 to start out with and then you're going to do $100 a month, well, you have to get, you have to cover as many bases as you can with that $2,000. So... um, if that's the case, you don't want to buy just one position. You may want to consider if it's regular, smaller investments over time. You may want to consider the mutual fund ETF model that's on our uh, that's on our website rather than the individual stock strategy. However, if you're going to be adding. You know, fairly larger sums over time. Maybe over the next year, the two thousand dollars that you start with is going to be a total investment of ten thousand. Then you could start with that stock strategy. What I would do is um, is plan on going in over the next three months. I'm guessing. It's it's for your eldest daughter. So I'm guessing there's a really long time horizon there. If you don't have a long time horizon, meaning eight years or more, you shouldn't you shouldn't be investing. You should be saving. But if that portfolio is going, if the total investment for the portfolio, let's just say over the next year is going to be about ten thousand dollars, then you could start to to do that stock strategy, and um, you know try to get at least. One position in every sector um, and cover the basis of the of whatever fixed income or core core ETF positions that are in the model.
0: Awesome, Shanna. Very nice. Don has a great comment for us here. This is really good. He's saying, Your program is such great value. Most of the questions you answer is uh, worth well more than the annual partnership fee. We work with consultants who charge more per hour than your annual fee. I highly (laughs) recommend everyone joins at the highest partnership level so you can have full access to all the tools FISM provides. Thank you. Thank you, Don. That is great. Yeah, thank you. Yep. Uh, And then we've got. David here from Ohio saying ETrade lets me buy Timothy Plan mutual fund A shares in my Roth IRA without the upfront sales charge. I think it just says it will change a fee around $50 if the fund is sold within 90 days. I paid over $600 in fees before I moved my IRA uh, to ETrade to avoid the fees. Maybe someone from Timothy could come on the show sometime and talk about what agreements they have with various brokerages. Maybe they could clear up uh, which brokerages limit availability of their funds to. Shannon, I don't know if you had any comments on that one.
4: Yeah, sure. So I do. We we hear this quite a bit, um, and I do bring this to Timothy every time that I hear that. And you know what they say is that their agreements with these uh, brokerages are to not allow the iShares to be purchased in those types of accounts without the commissions. So I I can't really explain it every time I hear this. I I tell Timothy, and he says, you know, no. We we talked to our attorneys and. You know that's not the agreement we have with them. So I would just say, you know, as you're deciding where to hold your account, um, find out, go look at the asset allocation models first. Figure out, you know, the the funds and the ETFs that are on the models are going to be things that are going to be long term. You shouldn't have any trouble buying stocks at all, but the mutual funds and maybe the ETFs is something that you need to to consider and ask about ahead of time. Um, so. You know, I just I hope that you guys will continue to tell us this and to tell us which companies are allowing you to do that. But um, the official line is that they're not supposed to. So I don't know um, what else to tell you there. Yeah. But we're, we appreciate the feedback, and I will certainly pass it along. Absolutely.
0: Ryan is saying, not sure if anyone else has this issue with the portfolio tracker, but when I input my balance for TM55, it does not show up on my tracker under that position. That column is just empty like I have no holding in TM55. Any thoughts on that, Shanna?
4: Any help? Yeah, there's probably an error in one of your fields. So the fields are super sensitive if you have a space or a dot or it's usually a space that, that gets you. Um so I would just go in and delete that line, re add it, and then put in the information again and see if that works for you. If not, maybe send Pat an email with some specifics and we can look into that. Um, not saying that there's never any technical issues. We live in a world of technology and we're, <laughs> we're that's something that we're always battling. So thanks for the feedback and we appreciate that.
0: Awesome, Shanna. Very nice. Next one here is Jason. He's saying, I'm opening an investment account for my children. Their ages are 2, 4, 8, 13, and 15. I know Dan used to say it was better uh, to open one account and put it in your name, not in your children's name. Does this still apply now? Also, I was planning to invest in the following ETFs, 143, and 2. ETF 143 and 2. Been a partner for two and a half years. I'm up 30%. What do you think, Shanna?
4: Yeah, I think that's still the best strategy. There are it doesn't say he didn't say what the purpose of saving is. No, but no, he doesn't. A lot of times I, I tend to think that it's gonna be for education. There are some education type accounts that are out there. The problem with those is that you can't be biblically responsible with your investments. But they're, they're, they are making some of the rules for the 529 perhaps more attractive, I'm looking into some of those changes that they're doing. But using the investment account in your own name with your children as the beneficiaries, I think, is still the best strategy. Uh, the allocation that you mentioned there, I think, is good as long as, again, your time horizon is long, more than eight years, and you can handle the volatility that will come with that. It is a, a fairly uh, aggressive investment mix, and aggressive investments come with a lot of volatility, so a lot of ups and downs, big swings one way or another. So if you can get in and stay in, I think it's fine.
0: Very nice, Jenna. Next one, William saying we are 65 and up portfolio in that one working part-time we have 11 utility stocks spread between three accounts and would ask for advice Uh, five have a little less than one percent remaining uh, 1.2 percent in allocation for some of the other ones we have 12 of the 15 percent suggested on asset allocation Uh, we really appreciate your desire to keep us focused on the true owner of our finances god himself 70 years old shanna what do you think
4: Yep, I think you're right God is the owner of all of our finances And I'm so glad to see that you're following a strategy That uh, puts God f- in first place And being biblically responsible uh, My recommendation is to consider paring down your holdings And concentrate for that particular sector That you're talking about In just five to seven individual positions Rather than the 11 stocks that you currently have So, um You know, this is a do-it-yourself strategy. We give you a lot of support. We get you started. But when it comes down to the individual decisions about which stocks, um, we give you enough information to make good decisions about which ones to get. So you want to go to the list um, of your 11 stocks. I just encourage you to go and read the little bit about what they do. Make sure that you're diversified in your holdings. So have some traditional uh, electric companies have some that benefit from from uh, alternate energy sources. Have some that are, um, you know, that fo- that are focused on natural gas. So just go through and read, pick the best ones. You can refer back to the buy list if you want to know which ones we think are the best in the categories right now, and pare it down to just maybe five to seven holdings uh, to make up that total of fifteen percent in that particular sector. Well, folks, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back with more financial issues. So we're going to go right to phones as soon as we get back, and we'll get to more of those social media and website questions, so don't go anywhere.
5: All throughout the Red Light District in India, women are trapped in a cycle of survival through prostitution, but they're not alone. Their children are there, hiding in back alleys, under a bed, or asleep in a room not far from the drugs and brothels outside. Five million of these children are trapped in the red light districts of India at a high risk of being abused or used in the trade themselves. But India Partners has made a way for you to rescue these children and relocate them to a safe, clean home in a safe neighborhood where not only their physical needs will be provided for, but they'll be introduced to the love of Jesus. And hopefully, with these resources, both the child and their mother can escape the sex trade and start a new life outside the red light district. Just $62 will provide a week of safety for one of these children, and $275 will provide for a whole month. Visit IndiaPartners.org to see how your gift can reach into the red light district and provide days of safety for one of these 5 million children.
2: Securities offered through GA Reppel and company, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. Opinions expressed by Shanna are hers alone and are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily represent those of GA REPL or the outlet on which you are listening You should consider how the information applies to your situation prior to personally implementing it and consult any financial professional you work with to make sure it's applicable to your financial plan.
4: Good morning. Welcome back to Financial Issues, where we're talking about all things financial. So we are a nonprofit ministry that puts forth a strategy to help you honor God in your Investing life as we teach you how to, number one, defund darkness by investing biblically responsibly. That just means that we screen companies and we avoid investing in companies that are using shareholder money that God has uh, trusted us to steward to promote an unholy agenda or an ungodly agenda. When companies, when uh, publicly traded companies use shareholder money, To engage in the culture war, we avoid them. So we don't want the money that God trusted us with, any part of it, to be used to uh, fund abortion clinics or sponsor gay pride parades or contribute to the deterioration of our culture by indoctrinating our children to believe that they can choose which gender that they want to be, that they can... Um, pollute their body with uh, drugs that will block puberty and change their sex which you cannot do (laughs) as smart as human beings are and and our creator did make us smart we're not smart enough to override what god did i can't figure out how to Change chromosomes yet? If you're um, you're either born with an X and a Y or two X chromosomes, and that can't be changed. You can you know you can destroy your body with a lot of these drugs, but you can't really change that. But I won't go down that rabbit trail today. <laughs> the ministry will help you to be a good steward of the assets that the Lord is trusting you to invest. We will also encourage you. To fund the light, because you know that is one of the first responsibilities that we have when we're given anything, is that we're to honor God with it and to give Him what He asks of us, and that is the only thing in Scripture that He says you can test Him and see. He says, just try it, just do it, be obedient, follow what I'm asking you to do, and just see what happens. You know, God, you you can never outgive God. He will, you will redeem. Your assets from the economy of mammon. You know, we live in a fallen world, and you know, Satan is the prince of this world. So he's got a lot of systems in place, one of which Uh, He likes to try to take control of the money. And, you know, money in itself is not evil. Money is neutral. It's what we have to have to put gas in our cars and food in our belly and a roof over our head. But we're given some specific instructions from the Lord on how we're to handle all of those things. So we want to help you in that way. We are uh, very heavily funded by our partnership. If you want to find out more about that, just go to financialissues.org and you can find out about the partnership. You heard some great testimonies about it today. Um, I couldn't have planned that better if I was planning it myself, but the Lord just knows what we need when we need it and he encourages the body of believers to encourage one another and when we find something that works to try to help people follow along with the same thing so you you can become a partner of the ministry you'll get access to our asset allocation models our strategy our buy list that will help you build a biblically responsible portfolio we'll send you alerts when there's something that you need to sell we have partner conference calls once a month, and so many other things. So we hope that you will check that out. Speaking of partners, let's get to some phone calls. We've got Peter calling from Arkansas. Hi, Peter.
3: Hi there, Shanna. How are you? Uh, Better than I, I can- deserve. Yes,
4: <laughs>
3: ma'am. <laughs> um, I uh, had a question about uh, the use of cash. I um, I'm trying to uh, get my cash down into uh, where it should be as far as the uh, 35 to 45 model. And um, I remember Dan saying that you should try to keep maybe a year or maybe two years in uh, cash for distributions from the BDA accounts. Now, so am I counting that as part of the uh, cash uh, percentage that I should have in the portfolio overall or how does how does that work because that's yep. going to be going out whether I' gone to it or not
4: okay, so we take kind of a big picture approach to portfolio management, so all of the money that you have that you would consider investable needs to be defined as your portfolio. Now, your short-term money, your savings, that's outside of your portfolio. Now, if you're a partner, you're using the asset, uh, the Portfolio Tracker, that's a great tool to show you where you need to be. So every all of your holdings in your portfolio are going to be listed on the Portfolio Tracker regarding of which type of account that they're in. So you mentioned a very specific type of account called a, a beneficiary IRA. So that's an inherited IRA. Um, most likely, you have some required minimum distributions that have to happen from that account every year, um, or else you'll be penalized if you don't do that. So you can keep more of your cash there, but still overall for the portfolio, you know, maybe if you have, if you're following the 35 to 45 model, I mean, it's going to be a really long time before you can use money that's in an IRA or a Roth IRA, or maybe even just an investment account. So you could have lower percentages there and more in your beneficiary account. The other thing, too, that you may not have considered is that when you take a distribution from your beneficiary account, you don't have to do it in cash. Now, the taxes that you withhold has to be in cash, so you have to have enough to fund that. But you know, if it's money that you're not going to spend, you can just do an in-kind distribution. Let's say you've got a hundred shares of stock in there worth $5,000 and you've got to take $5,000 out of the account. Well, you can um, do paperwork to have those shares just moved from your inherited account into your investment account. You'll pay the taxes, of course, but you'll just keep that investment. So you can do an income type of distribution.
3: I get it. Okay. That's great. Uh, I really didn't know about that. So I'll All right, I'll move it in kind, pay the taxes out of the smaller amount of uh, cash that's in the BDA accounts and cover it that way. And and so free up other cash to invest from uh, uh, the percentage that I'm supposed to keep in my overall portfolio. I think I did. I get that right.
4: Yep, you got it right. Okay. So, that's great. a that's a great thing to do and to take that just a little bit further when you're trying to decide which position to move out, well, I would look at your positions and see if there's anything that you're down in because when you move the shares out, you're not paying taxes on what was invested. You're paying taxes on whatever the current value is. So let's say that you maybe have a position that's down 20, 30, 40, 50%. If it's a position that you want to continue to hold, just move it out and then it's going to recover outside in a different type of account.
3: I understand. Very good. Um, I I I know that you mentioned something about a home builder stock you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume, assume those are in the material areas uh, sector.
4: Those are going to be in the consumer discretionary sector.
3: Ah, okay. Very mm-hmm. good. I'll keep watching for that then. All right. Thank you very much. I'll get off the line.
4: Sounds great. Thanks for your call, Peter, and okay. thanks for your partnership. Okay. We really appreciate that. Well, I don't know... Um, Seth, can we get to some of the website questions? Yes, ma'am. We sure can.
0: Uh, First one here is a great one, Shanna. This this just came in from John on the website. He's saying, how do we get Dan's book, The Fear of Money? Great question, John.
4: (laughs) That is a great question. (laughs) Well, you could make a donation to the ministry of any amount, and just in the subject line, just put that you would like to receive a copy of The Fear of Money. You know, one of the things that we're working on, and I'm not going to give myself a deadline (laughs) because... I'm self sabotaging all the time when I do that, but we are working on putting together a small group study over that book. So um, pray for us there. Pray for us that we can get that out quickly because I think that's going to be a great benefit to the partners.
0: Amen. And I'll just say as well, John, make sure that you also ask for the workbook that goes yes. along with it. That won't. Don't worry about you know. Give whatever the Lord leads you to give. Just make sure that you ask for that as well.
4: Yep. Good stuff.
0: That's good. Uh, David, who we answered earlier, Shan actually had some clarifying comments. He wanted to say to clarify, I'm not able to get Timothy I shares at E Trade. They're A shares, but it just says the 5.5 percent fee is waived.
4: Well, that's that's good. <laughs> if they're gonna, if the platform that you're using is going to absorb that cost, then that's a good thing. Um, and you know, they probably should because in an A share, the upfront commission is designed to pay the person that's going to support or give service to the person who's buying that mutual fund. And on a discount brokerage platform, you don't have anybody that's going to do that. You don't have a financial advisor that's going to give advice or, you know, monitor that investment for you. So, you know, I think it's a a good and fair thing that they're waiving that fee and that they're just absorbing it. And I will certainly pass that along to my friends at Timothy because, um, you know, I do give them all of that feedback that I get and um, that gives them a chance to address it.
0: Awesome, Shannon. Good. Let's get to one of these asked Shanna here before the end of the break. Uh, the 1% minimum equity recommendation. This is James asking this. Is that the equity portion or the total portfolio? The tracker shows as percent of total, but my investment platform shows as of equity. Hard to get it and keep at 1% and follow the other rules, especially when the new money comes in. He's 72 years old, Shannon. What do you think?
4: So it is 1% of your portfolio. So if you're using the portfolio tracker, follow that, uh, that allocation there. Make sure that you're not looking at the performance piece of it. But 1% of your total holdings is kind of a minimum. Other than that, you're not owning enough to really make a difference one way or another. Well, folks, we're going to take a short break and we'll be back with more financial issues.
3: I pray that in these trying times that I can lead him in a way that I know will leave a godly imprint
2: on his heart forever. And And to
4: show her how to live a life that is pure, I want her to understand how precious life is and to take care of his body, to eat right and exercise and
5: understand that his body is a temple temple of of God.
6: I pray
3: that our family will love Jesus, read his word daily, and obey his teaching. The values that we share should guide us
2: in the way that we invest. Make sure that you are investing in companies whose policies and practices align with pro-life, pro-family values. Visit thetimothyplan.com or call for more information. Advance the kingdom in the way that you invest.
3: People are talking a lot about healthcare these days. There are so many changes, so many questions. As Christians, where can we turn for answers? At Samaritan Ministries, we believe the answer is in Jesus Christ, working in the lives of his people, demonstrating Christian community by sharing each other's medical needs, scripturally, faithfully. Here's just part of Brett's story in his own words. When I reflect on Samaritan Ministries, the
0: biggest thing that stands out to me is that we, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament. Christianity. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. It, it, it has a profound
3: impact on people like me and my wife. Brett is just one of more than 150,000 members who are sharing over $13 million in medical needs each month. If you'd like to experience what it's like to partner with other Christians for your health care needs, and you'd like to see what
6: other members are saying, visit MySamaritanStory.org. Have you ever thought about banking with a credit union instead of a traditional bank?
5: Not really, but I think my parents have a credit union account.
6: Do you know the difference between a bank and a credit union? Mm, No. Banks are owned by stockholders, so they do their best to make profits for them. But credit unions are owned by their members, and the members see their profits through lower rates and higher interest on savings accounts. And at Christian Community Credit Union, our mission is to help members and ministries become better stewards and achieve their financial goals. Our mobile and tablet apps provide easy, safe, and convenient banking. It's like banking at your fingertips 24-7. When you bank with us, you're banking with someone who shares your faith and values. To get started today, visit us online at mycccu.com. Christian Community Credit Union your money building God's kingdom.
2: The opinions and recommendations expressed on this program do not necessarily represent the opinions of the station or any of the program sponsors. Additionally, all products or services offered by the program sponsors may not be known by the program.
4: Welcome back to Financial Issues Stewardship Ministries. We spent the biggest part of the show today, talking about financial issues, the markets, the Fed, inflation, stocks. Now we're going to talk about the most important part of our ministry, the stewardship part. So you know our mission here is to help you defund darkness by investing in a biblically responsible way and to fund the light by by giving. So by choosing organizations that are engaged in the good fight here on this earth and here to join us today to talk about a great opportunity for you to exercise your stewardship muscles is Roxy Lamorgis Did I say that right? Yes, ma'am. Good. Thanks for being here with us today. Roxy's with Preborn. born um, So, Roxy, share with our listeners the specifics of the Preborn campaign that we're asking our listeners at Financial Issues to be involved with this month.
7: Well, thank you for having us and the partnership. So what we have is a continued opportunity to support the ministry. We are able to um, underwrite free ultrasounds for mom. That's $28 per scan if people wanted to join in, $140 for five scans. And if the Lord has blessed you, there's also opportunities to actually place brand new ultrasound machines in clinics across the nation that normally would have a lifetime value of underwriting writing more than 2500 free ultra scans for a mom that is in need to make a decision for life
4: mm, that's good stuff and I know so some of our financial issues listeners have taken that challenge seriously and they've bought several ultrasound machines and and sponsored I don't know how many tens of thousands of of scans that has resulted in the saving of many lives of babies. Well, you know, last year we had that historic overturning of Roe v. Wade. Is there anything that we should be aware of, um, especially as abortion uh, fanatics seem to be upping their attacks? You know, the um, chemical abortions, going to other states. What is yeah. preborn doing in that area?
7: So uh, first and foremost, what we need to be aware of, I think the bottom line is this. The battle is far from over. The battle is far from over, and right now, abortion has a new address, that is HOMES. Because Mm. of what you just said, the abortion pill made widely available, and there is a move that it's going to even be more widely distributed and made available to order through a telehealth system and then delivered at home. And that's Mm. a lot. A lot of um, abortion right now is through chemical, it's about. 58% of all the abortions that we see, hundreds of thousands, are chemical abortions, which mm. is the abortion
4: pill. So, what is preborn doing to get ahead of that?
7: So, what we're doing, so number one is educate, right? Because we want people to be aware that this battle is far from over. It's opportunities like this that we continue to um, uh, educate the church. And everybody that's in this fight to be able to do that secondarily is continue to provide free services to women at the end of the day the landscape has changed but the mission stays the same those women still need to be seen they still need help they still need the gospel ministered to provided free services and we continue to stand alongside with them and by god's sovereign design you know god is so Great. Preborn is actually already planted in the nation's six highest abortion states where 56 to 57 percent of abortion is actually occurring. And most of those states have actually named themselves, you know, the um, abortion destination. So Mm. preborn has developed a lot of partnerships um, and number of support clinics and number of supporters within those states where we function the most.
4: So in the month of February, we're asking financial issues to help us raise seventy thousand dollars for the work of preborn, and we're suggesting an amount of a hundred and twenty dollar donation. Can you tell us what's behind that hundred and twenty dollar um, request? It's a
7: few ultrasounds that underwrite that. For for I believe it's one hundred and forty dollars for. Fifty scan, uh, five scans and every scan is an opportunity for a mom to see her baby for the first time and hear the baby's heartbeat which softens their heart to the sharing of the gospel more often than I'll tell you a story to make it very very real I once um, I once served as a nurse I'm a nurse by background I was in California I actually performed an ultrasound on a mom that was extremely extremely abortion-minded and they were laying On the table when I scanned them And they had their hands up behind their head And when I laid the probe On the mom's belly And we looked at the scan The baby was laying the exact same way (sighs) This mom was And she was like oh That's my baby Uh, The baby acts like me I'm like, yes. And she cried and she said, I can't have an abortion. I can't kill this baby. It's my child. And that softening of the heart also opened up for me to minister to her, share the gospel. And in that moment with that free ultrasound, she chose life and gave her life to Christ.
4: That is an amazing story, and that is just really representative of the work that you can be a part of. So 120 is the number of heartbeats per minute of a baby in the womb of its mother, and so that's why we're asking you to consider doing a $120 donation. Now, of course, Preborn will be so grateful for any amount that the Lord lays on your heart to donate. So you can find more information, go to our website financialissues.org and click on that preborn banner. It will take you to a place where you can make your your donation direct to preborn. So roxy thanks for being with us today. Is there is there any other thing that that you want our listeners to know how we can pray for the ministry or or be uh, a blessing to preborn.
7: Thank you. Uh, The prayer is much appreciated. Thank you for all your um, support through the years. And really importantly, last year, we seen more than 56,000 babies saved and more than 9,800 commitments to Christ. And it is through the faithful partnership of ministries like FISM and everyone that's listening today that we are able to do those things. So thank you.
4: Great. Thanks for being here today and sharing that great testimony. I know it's going to motivate people to ask the Lord how they might be able to help in this mission. So look forward to visiting with you again soon, Roxy. Thanks for being here. All right. All right. I think we've got time to get to a few either social or some website things. I know we're getting kind of backed up on those website things.
0: Yep. Good deal here, Shanna. Just one thing I wanted to address here on Facebook, really. Leith is saying, good morning, FISM family. Not seeing the live program on YouTube today. Have they kicked you off? Leith, we are still on YouTube. It looks like you did find the program way buried down on the list. We are still on YouTube, so thank you all for watching on YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, we actually have Ryan on YouTube who's saying, I have a 401k, $100,000 from a previous job, $80,000 in Timothy, $120,000, from an acreage my family sold, would you advise me to find um, a CKA to help me invest this money, or what do you think,
4: Shannon? What would be the way to go? I think he he might mean a, a CFA, like a mm, okay, uh, or CFP. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure what a it's CKA very, is. It very well, could be a
0: <laughs> CFP. Yeah, definitely. CFP.
4: Um, well, you could. Um, You could also do it on your own. I mean, if you go out into the world of financial professionals, you may have a hard time finding someone that either knows what biblically responsible investing is or finds value in it. It's a. It's a conviction of the heart. So to be biblically responsible means that you screen your investments and you refuse to invest in any company that's going to use your investment to promote things that don't line up with your Christian values, like abortion, pornography, the LGBT agenda, um, all of those things that grieve the heart of the Lord because they hurt his kids. We're praying against them as Christians every day. Um, We're using our money to support the kingdom work in the world in the earth so why would we allow our money to be used to support the things of darkness so um, i encourage you to check out our website financialissues.org and look at the strategy watch some of the videos it's uh, very economical to become a partner for just eighty five dollars a year you can partner with the ministry you can get instruction on how you can set up your own account uh, Select an asset allocation model and then build your own biblically responsible portfolio. So I think it's a great thing to consider if you are going to hire a professional, then you need to have some serious discussions with them about the basics. Um, And that means are you equally yoked with them in your faith? Do they believe that you can honor God with your investments by the way that you invest? And do they understand what that means? So I hope that you'll check out our website and get a greater understanding of that. It is a conviction of the heart and it's not widely found in the financial professional community right now.
0: Awesome, Shannon. I think last one for today over on Ask Shannon. This is Jim. He's saying, good morning, Shannon and staff. Thanks for all you do. My question is in regard to UT52. The company is planning a spinoff. Is this a good thing for UT52? Should one keep both companies or sell one or both? Jim69, Shannon, what do you think?
4: Well, it depends on a couple of things. The spinoff is likely to happen. I think it'll be a decent thing. Um, It is still subject to board approval and some IRS filings and things like that. So it's not a done deal. It's expected to be completed in the second quarter of 2023. So in the next few months, but the spinoff that this company is a mixture of uh, utilities and industrials. The spinoff will likely be more of an industrial company. So you'll you'll move that spinoff to your industrial sector. So it depends on what your weightings look like in that sector. If you have too much, you may want to consider selling it. Of course, it will also depend on whether it stays biblically responsible or not. So it's on our radar. We're going to keep an eye on it. And we'll do our best to issue some guidance when and if that happens. Well, folks, we're at the end of the program. We are here to remind you every day, time's getting short. The master's coming back. There's going to be a test. We want to help you be found good and faithful stewards with everything that the Lord has trusted you with. If
3: we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under.
0: Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production.